Alexis is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never right. been anybody that's right. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yeah. Yes, he's back. No wonder he's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get him by the way. Hello, and welcome to episode 178 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined by Tom Kennett. We've got somewhat of a return to an upstairs pod, if you're upstairs, TK. I am upstairs, so we've got it half right. Yeah, we're maintaining uh, distancing. With these uh, lockdown rules relaxing, maybe a pod in person isn't too far away. Who knows? Mm. So Boris doesn't seem to have mentioned that in the briefings. <laughs> You're not talking about podcasts enough. I mean, if you had any other ideas and you wanted to get really up close, then we wouldn't be able to do that, but... A podcast <laughs> does seem like it's fine. So as long as we don't invite maybe Alex and Jack, then things should be okay. I didn't get a bit touchy-feely. Especially but, Alex, if you get him in the mood. as you want, want the, <laughs> like a talking about here. his heists the other week. What was, it? <laughs> what was he calling? He called him like a greaser or something. <laughs> <laughs> he so was a I've strong got, woman greaser. Yeah. We kind of managed to get some sport here, but we kind of had it in a tricky spot because I've got the UFC pod that I do with Rory now. Shameless little plug for that. Protect your neck out on Wednesday. Yep. So we've got an interview with um, Alex Caceres and Pedro Munoz coming there. So you'll have to hear us talk UFC today. Make sure you still tune in. But we're going to kind of scratch the surface with John Jones and Dana White. And then we've got a bit of basketball talk to get into as the NBA is drawing closer. And then we've got our usual news of the week and film talk. Film talk, which leads nicely into Thursday's podcast, Movie Madness. So that's all our advertising taken care Seamless of. Seamless links everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start things off uh, big here. So Parrot, who heard victims' last words to give evidence in rape and murder trial. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you kick off a segment. That really is. <laughs> I mean, it, there's, there's probably been less reliable people in a witness <laughs> box than that. It, it doesn't get much better either. I mean, uh, rhinestone jockstrap belonging to Elvis Presley on sale for almost 30000 <laughs> But that stinks. <laughs> um, three young Bolivian brothers were hospitalised after getting a black widowed spider to bite them thinking it would turn them into Spider-Man. I thought that was just instant death, to be fair. Yeah, well, this is how uh, things have gone on. I mean, I like that all three of them have decided to get bitten. 
Like the biting <laughs> of the first two clearly wasn't enough. Or he was like, look, if this goes wrong, we'll all go wrong. If they get like Superman powers, I don't want to be missed out here. Yeah, that's it, exactly. You don't want to be the one who misses out and you don't <laughs> want to look like a pussy. So you've got to do it. <laughs> um, going back to the last one, by the way, the one before. Yeah. Uh, this thing of X amount of money for Elvis. Elvis gets off very lightly when we look at pop stars with nonsense. Yeah. When you, you look into the details, incredible. Imagine if someone was paying 30 grand for something that belonged to R. Kelly now. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Oh, Kelly does have hits. He really does. Just not as many as Elvis. <laughs> also, someone's held on to that for a while. And then clearly, maybe the pandemic's got to them. And like, maybe this is the time for me to finally let this go. So do you, are you still keeping that jockstrap? Well, look, trust <laughs> me, one day it's going to be worth a lot of money, this. Things over the years that I've heard people say, no, yeah, like in a couple of years, that might be worth some cash. Like a football well, program for like an Arsenal Wigan game over the years. Like yeah. In the future. Yeah, the amount of football programs I've got, I'm not sure any of these are going to be worth it. I stopped getting them because either I was leaving them in the stadium half the time or just never looking at them. They have progressively got worse over time as well. They are shitter. They should sell them after the game and I can decide whether I want to remember the game <laughs> or not. They wouldn't do very good business, I don't think, on that basis. No, the only ones that I should have got were Wenger's last game, which I didn't get. Um, maybe Ramsey's last game, if he can go on to do a bit more. But no, I'll, I'll just stop getting them. Especially as that was Welbs' last game as well, wasn't it? Yeah. A big day. And I left early because we'd lost to Palace, so <laughs> it wasn't a good day at all. <laughs> This is quite animal-centric uh, news this week. India detains pigeon on suspicion of spying for Pakistan. <laughs> so no, I was going to relay the info. But, uh, Louisiana teacher sued for feeding students cupcakes with husband's semen. Oh, my God. And then sharing sexually explicit photos. So double whammy. <laughs> or the second was to make them feel better for the first one. I don't know. Oh, imagine being the person uncovered what's, what's, <laughs> what's this I can taste miss oh, hang on I, I'm, I remember in like the last season of Jersey Shore before they brought it back for this like family one there were, uh, the situation got pranked and it was something like uh, they'd put like pubes in a cake or something or they'd not wash their hands after having a little scratch around <laughs> I'm sure it was pubes it was that Paula that he went out with for ages yeah because they told him at the tanning salon but maybe I'll have to go and watch it back to uncover that mystery the uh, thing with the thing with the cupcakes is you you would also be in a predicament where well, presumably you don't know what semen tastes like but <laughs> do, you, do you want to be the one that breaks and say hang on what's, what's this how did you know that good palate like we say <laughs> <laughs> the headline I'm sure everyone's seen monkey runs away with COVID-19 test samples after attacking lab worker incredible and finally one maybe the most bizarre of all of them because without clicking the link which I didn't there's just so much to unpack here Texas jail says guards didn't notice inmate giving birth <laughs> so I really have so many questions there 
<laughs> There's too many questions, aren't there? I like the idea of them turning a blind eye. Or it being like prison where you can't show any sign of weakness. And this woman just gritting it out in her cell. <laughs> Firmed it. Didn't say a word. They're doing a cell check. <laughs> she's, like, she's a prison shank to do the umbilical cord. <laughs> oh, no baby under the bed like some contraband. I think or the beauty is a lot of the... Sorry. I say a bartering with it for some uh, commissary or anything like you see on that 60 days in. Looking for some smokes to trade a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think the beauty of all these things as well is how, like, with the headline, these guys obviously thought it was a perfectly legitimate explanation, so well, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't notice. <laughs> I, I think my favourite thing from doing this each week is um, when I scroll down the list now of all of the headlines, like some of them that would have made it in the first week just don't seem ridiculous enough anymore after all the time <laughs> but the things that should be completely bizarre I'm like no we can't have too many so this one doesn't make me cut <laughs> um, so that, that's actually all of the news of the week so short but there's a lot to unpack there was plenty in there wasn't there enough to scar people yeah so, I mean, the next thing I had lined up for today was um some of a little film segment. And I know usually when we get to Christmas, there's all the chat about Christmas films and you have all kind of you know, different genres. But one which kind of fits in with the Christmas thing, the best summer movies. So the movies, not that come out in summer where essentially every blockbuster comes out yeah. in June, July time, because then that would have just been us saying, what are the best films? Yeah. But yeah. the best kind of summer films, the films that remind you of some of the films that are set in summer, and that kind of thing. When I was looking online at what other people say for this, Jaws is pretty much the top answer. <laughs> Interesting. It's not a bad, bad shout. don't know if it's the first thing that comes to my mind. Do you think it's that outrageous for people to think it, the shark's called Jaws? I see people getting ridiculed for that these days, where it's not that outlandish to put two and two together. And it's not the most outlandish thing about the film. No. <laughs> the film is ridiculous in and of itself. It's not the name that's the issue. Massive robot shark. Yeah, yeah. And people are absolutely terrified as well. It's quite a simple way to avoid a shark, really. Yeah. <laughs> I remember went to America when I was loads younger. I think I was in year five. And mm. at the time we were there, I think, I don't know if it's just American weather, but they kept having these really bad like storms. And so, obviously, with all the rides being just metal everywhere, there would be, like, until things passed, where they just wouldn't let you go on certain rides. Yeah. I know some where they do it now, where I think they have it so it can still be run in that event, but I'm not sure you want to be on a roller coaster in the middle of a lightning storm. <laughs> but we were in the queue for this Jaws ride, which looked horrendous. Probably back then would have looked far more realistic, where mm-hmm. you essentially went across this dodgy, like, little sea of water that they'd made up they'd made it all choppy and you're in this gangly little boat and they have all these little robot sharks going around that in <laughs> a thunderstorm would have been horrendous that would have added to it hugely they've missed the trick did you watch any past the first one I watched the first one and then I didn't really need to see any more no no I didn't really want to acknowledge the rest I don't think though I have seen Piranha 1 and 2 so I don't know what that says 
I think I've seen Piranha 3D. So that's yeah. This is like a guilty confession. This I think that was Piranha 2 that they just made. It was it? So I stuck okay. in the cinema to see it. Yeah. Actually, no. Piranha 3D was the first one. Actually, I think. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I just remembered the, the name Piranha 3D and thinking this yeah. is really trash. Yeah. But um, they stuck Kelly Brook on the front and thought, yeah, you know was, what we're doing. The first one, then they killed her off. Brutal. They sold it. They just sold it as like. Kelly Brook lesbian sex scene and that was enough for people to go you know what that film looks good to me groups, groups of teenage lads <laughs> congregating yeah we snuck in um, I think it was on the last day before the summer holidays started where we finished earlier for one year maybe maybe it was actually the year when we left secondary school yeah it was um, so saw it then it wasn't okay. really like one worth sneaking in for in terms of like back in the day when people are saying, you know, I really want to see this like blockbuster <laughs> when Star Wars first came out or like, Goodfellas or something like that. And I snuck in for Piranha. And the second one, where there's the guy from the first one who loses his legs and he has uh, shotguns for legs in the second film. <laughs> so that's how things got. It goes, you know where the that film's at. <laughs> oh my God. And start shooting these piranhas with his shotgun legs. The first one that actually came into my head for me was American Pie Two. That's the first, that's like the summer film for me if I think of one. Yeah, yeah. They I, say I do... so much about the fact that it's set in summer more than the first one as well. They do kind of make a point of it, don't they? It's, I do think when you when you told me this, I thought of films in the summer, but generally, generally, it's sort of comedy and more light-hearted films do come yeah. to mind with, with it. Like you said, the the references to some of the kind of all part like in between his movie for example was one of yeah. my top ones just in my head as well, something people could relate to as well i guess as well isn't it yeah i feel like because i watched all of the in-betweeners recently again and i'd forgotten i don't know if i could forget the in-betweeners movie if i watched it because it was quite literally i think everyone watched it about a hundred times in the first year that it came out because it was just everywhere Oh, strange! I've never seen the second one. Don't because people said it wasn't good and whatever. So I, I didn't. I watched it at the I cinema. Never bothered. With, we both came out, and you know when you leave the cinema and someone says, "What do you think of that?" and you don't want to say the complete opposite to them because, in case they loved it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I wasn't a big fan. Lala went movies like, "Oh shit, what?" <laughs> it, they, um... it just it felt like it was years behind, like other comedy like the 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 banter puns uh right okay bit worn banton deck and it's like this might have been funny about four years prior oh jesus yeah 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 i just didn't watch it initially and then when it got the feedback it got oh no they they seem to me like uh they nearly retired undefeated and they came back for one more got chin before right that's enough i'm done now yeah i think they um when Archbishop of Banterbury. Oh, a thing God. that people said, and they used that in the film like it was a fresh punchline. No, that they'd come no. Up. That's the problem with them. In a way, they were kind of innovative. So if you then start yeah. falling back on what other people have already done, it doesn't work, does it? Uh, around the other ones that people had, Greece was also one of the top ones. Hey, look, it's, it's a guilty pleasure, but I don't mind a bit of Greece, you know. If you had to have tra- a, a musical sort of film, yeah, that was, that's it. It has got a couple of tunes in there. And, the, way, uh, 
away he goes, we would have Troy on here now. Go, you know what? I think I prefer the second. <laughs> now that would be something. <laughs> that meme recently with uh, the bloke in the background that's meant to be a kid. <laughs> Unbelievable. Because they're all ridiculously older than obviously they're supposed to be, but him in particular is just, he could pass as 40. Yeah. Well, we had a brief interlude on uh, Thursday's podcast where you were saying about whether or not you could say about an actress in a film if they're playing someone younger, but really they are like 23, 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing, because... Like Olivia Newton-John in that is meant to be like a smoke show, and then in the basis of the film, they're not even in like college yet. So it's it's insane. What the what on the whole thing was this big thing that she hasn't lost her virginity. I think she looks like she could be someone's mother. What do you mean she hasn't lost her virginity? That was one of them where you used to hear all the time when you're younger, like you understand that when you're older. And like when I look back at the film because I haven't seen it since. I would even understand any references. And people say it's like the filthiest film ever with all the little like, references they have in there. Yeah, I don't have any memory of that at all. No, no, it felt like a feel-good film, didn't it? <laughs> so, and obviously it was... Uh, parents would just assume that you wouldn't have bothered it because I remember like classes in like primary school, everyone has seen it, so parents obviously didn't care and they weren't that worried about people hearing things in there i think parents of a certain generation just love it as well i remember my, my stepmom said she went to watch it like 20 times at the cinema when it first came <laughs> out and she was like that isn't an exaggeration either i literally was going a good few times a week was like, okay fair enough <laughs> i think i saw i said there before harry potter and the chamber of secrets between like six and eight times at the cinema just because <laughs> everyone's birthday party Oh yeah, makes me yeah. sound like I'm like an overly popular person, which would be the first time <laughs> I would have given that impression. But seemingly, everyone's birthday party was going to see that. My own birthday party one year was going to see Jimmy Neutron, so that's the type of party you had if you were going to see. <laughs> Bloody hell! Uh, other ones I have here: um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is. One that was that, on a lot of lists. Yeah, one of the first ones that came to my mind when you floated this. So they say at the start, don't they? It was like, uh, you can't expect me to be in school on a day like today. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. It, would like, it would be a crime to be shut inside on a day like today. And then they do all that. So that's another one. And then Never Back Down came in my head. And I agree that it's a very loose show. Mm. But it's literally because there's so many little like montages where. Why is he moving to like California at the start of the film? Then there's like a college party where it's like boiling hot, even at like 10 o'clock at night, then. And there was all sorts. So, I mean, essentially, like teen college movie is set in summer. Yeah, yeah, good point. I think any sort of top of my list, it was just one that came to my head. There was that sort of section where there there was a time period in which rom coms that were kind of rom coms were big and I was thinking something like Forgetting Sarah Marshall yeah something like that are like films where are like I don't know if it's kind of some base isn't it because obviously they're yeah. um, whatever but it's, it's maybe not the most crucial element of the film but all of those sort of films seem to be set around that sort of um, those sort of settings really yeah that type of that type of film you just mentioned was essentially like 
rom-coms that were structured in such a way that blokes didn't feel embarrassed going yeah yeah you're spot on or even to just say they've seen it themselves or you got the certain character certain face in there that they said okay i can go and watch it now yeah it's, it's absolutely fine for me to go watch it so yeah exactly not sure about jason seagal's face never been sure no looks one of them that looks like he's got a little too friendly I mean, in the film, I'm not sure she's ever picking him. <laughs> if if truth be told. Then he winds up with Mila Kunis, doesn't he? That's that's what I mean. It's it's. Oh, I thought you could see him having it heartbroken. No, I mean, both of those things I could absolutely <laughs> yeah. see, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but the idea that he's got these options does seem a little baffling to me. <laughs> yeah. Also, if, like, Birds on a type. Him and Russell Brand seem <laughs> on like very different ends of the spectrum. He's just played the ultimate rebound. It's like, look, you need to go completely different to what you've got here. <laughs> He's gone from Wenger to Emery. So like, look, trust me. You've got to go different. She's one of the people who actually means it when they go on Love Island and say they don't have a type. But really they do. They just either don't want to offend anyone or want to keep their options open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Think of the Ferris Bueller, we is that in our films or not? It's not, is it? No, it's not. Because we kind of branched it as not just strictly a comedy film, didn't we? Yeah, well, we did it for just of our lifetimes, which was the way around it. So, Oh, sorry, yeah. That's, because that's essentially, true. you look at any list when you're looking for best such and such of a genre, and they'll, people will put in, and I'm convinced they don't believe it, some like 1932 film with German subtitles. Just look a bit edgy or whatever, yeah, yeah. Meant to have been seen, so I think that was our nice get out clause. Because I was, I was just going to say with that, if do you agree with that school of thought about Cameron being the main guy? I don't, but I can see the argument. Yeah, see, I couldn't even really see the argument for it when you flew it. I thought it's interesting that people do that, but I don't see it. It's one of them where there's those annoying theories where. Like the director is surely thinking, just that is not what I meant at all. You know, like when you did English or media at school, and it's like this is what the director meant, and, stuff and, like you, that. and you kind of thought if you asked him, it definitely because people say like that. quizzed him saying like, "Is Ferris just a figment of Cameron's imagination?" <laughs> what the hell? And people like believe this is some artistic thing. Jeez. If you're going to go that out there in like 1986 or whenever the film was made, you're making sure everyone knows just how artistic you were being. Yeah, and you're probably doing it in a different sort of thing than Fresbyan, which on the face of it is guys guys off school and has a great day. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna do something a little bit more complex you think. No. No, I, I, I was thinking because when you when you said it and I was just thinking this guy is Fresbyan is literally the classic lead guy and the other guy is the classic secondary guy in a film, isn't it? I think you Cameron, need sorry. you need Cameron in there though. To be able to like Ferris, I think. Yeah, you're probably right. Because otherwise he is just going to... If, if in any other film you have a character where literally they can't do anything wrong, you're going to hate them. because they're And that's how they make up some characters in that everything goes right for them. Yeah, yeah, have, absolutely. The way, the way he is, they do it as more the happy-go-lucky and they have it that he's kind of the yin to Cameron Yang. Yeah, it yeah. It does yeah. work quite nicely there, but... No, I essentially, I heard it on a different podcast where they were debating it and thought, 
it works well for Movie Madness. Which for you sure, have. yeah. That's my boy against Liar Liar coming up this Friday. And we had Project Hex against Bora last weekend. So there's two to add to your collection. Do you have any other summer movies? Because these, those were the ones that I said so far that initially came to my mind. And any others that I kind of thought I felt like a reach. Yeah, other films that just... I don't know why, but films like The Hangover, I don't know why I associate with summer. Whether it's because, obviously, they have that scene where they're driving to Vegas, whatever, so I don't know whether that's it. Um, I actually, I'm going to watch um, The Hangover 2 again soon, because I don't, I don't remember it well. well. I don't remember it fondly, but I'm sure I, I was finding it funny. I've, uh, I've gone out to bat for that film quite a lot, so... Uh, you can't go out to bat for the third one I refuse to believe it but for the second I can completely agree that I'm going to find it funny so I yeah, yeah. the first five minutes of it um, yesterday and then I thought I'd save it I've made the case previously that in a, in a manner that makes me seem like I'm in um, a different school of thought than I am for the third one but it's for the same thing as The Godfather where I will maintain in and of itself it's an okay film, but okay doesn't stack up against two very, very yeah. like, great films, really, prior to it. So that's that's where I'm at with the, the however, yeah, I wouldn't go out to bat for the third one, but I, well, I do always give it a little bit of credit. I remember the second one taking criticism, saying that they'd essentially taken the exact same formula and just put it in Thailand or wherever it is. But they would have been slated if they hadn't done that, so they I, really couldn't have won there. I mean, we always say this, don't we? But it is what it is. I don't know what else people were, were kind of going in expecting. And I thought on the second one, they built on it and made it better myself, as I've said before. But I won't go over that too much because I know we are going to come on to yeah. the hangover in our, uh, in our actual movie. Yeah, podcast. I'll uh, report back when I rewatch it. It's um, a little bit like um, with films and series or whatever are a little bit like boxers or MMA fighters in terms of they do need to find out how much they've got left. So they had to go out and do that third hangover <laughs> just to find out, look, the audience don't want this anymore. They had to go out and maybe take an L. And for there just being too much money on the table to not do it. Yeah, exactly. You got you can always come back for one last night, can't you? Maybe, well, like Shale says, maybe they owe it to us. Yeah. I, was re- I was reading an article today on um, the Spider-Man 4 that never happened, um, if I'm pronouncing it right, that um, Sammy Raimi that did the first three. Mm. and he must be the first one to kind of have all that cash on the table and he just turned it down because he wasn't happy with being pushed by the directors and the production company so they made 900 million for the third one which they deemed not good enough (laughs) because uh like it, it wasn't received well but then they had like everything stacked up they were going to have john malkovich in as a villain in the fourth one and it was all sets but they've released um some like sketches from those you know the like concept ones they do that never came out so that was going to be done and he when he was rushed by the production they turned it down so that's probably the opposite of what it did with the hangover because the hangover Todd Phillips and whoever else, they're not going to be turning down that cash that's on the table. They'll take the cash, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, If we go on to some sport then, so you mentioned MMA fighters then. We've had a battle outside of the octagon as well as 
inside of it over the past week, and that was between John Jones and Dana White. Mm. So I think about a fortnight ago when we last did an MMA podcast, we spoke about Angarno and John Jones and how we didn't think it would happen, but it was in talks. John Jones seemingly went to the UFC and from different reporters and things like that, putting it together, he kind of reached out to them, say, look, I'm willing to make this happen. They came back tentatively. He said, this is what I want. And they said, yeah, absolutely no chance. (laughs) And Dana did what he does where I don't know if it's trying to put pressure on Jones or if it's the case of, I'm going to get out there before you have the chance to get out there because Jones tweeted, didn't he, saying, look, fight's not going to happen, guys. The UFC don't value it enough. And then yeah, Dana came yeah. out and said, look at the money he's making. Actually, when, when me and Rory spoke about it on uh, Wednesday, we, we read a quote from DC where he was saying, the UFC may have turned it down, but we should, we should hear about what Jones asked for because it might be easy to say, look, I want... 50 million, then say, well, the UFC turned down. I was willing to come to the table and negotiate for this. Picking who's telling the truth between Dana and John Jones is something <laughs> that I'm not sure we're even qualified for. <laughs> You're going to need a hell of a jury. Yeah. Jones went on a kind of a, a tirade last night and he tweeted, not necessarily in this order, but I hurt myself every time I walk out there and take a punch to the head and not feel my pay is worth it anymore. Uh, Reyes vs. Jan for the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship of the World. As of right now, i got nothing to really gain fighting either of them. Let me know if you guys want to set up a day in 2021 for that Izzy fight. Hopefully you guys will be willing to pay me by then. Uh, I'd probably make more in my first boxing match than my next three UFC fights combined. There's real estate acting, just kicking it and being a dad. No one needs to put up with Dana's lies. At no point did I ever demand anything from you, Dana. I simply asked for a super fight and asked to be compensated for it. You're the one who started talking negotiations publicly and showing the world how much you've been withholding from your athletes this whole time. So quite doesn't mess about, does he? Yeah. So as it is. I don't think it's uh, a myth to any of us that the UFC athletes are underpaid. So we're going to pretend otherwise. Definitely it's too shocking, no. Someone tweeted Jones to start all this off where he started a tirade saying uh, he's going to revoke his light heavyweight championship. And I've seen it said before that different to most organizations, like if you take all of the best fighters at the Premier League and all the best players at the Premier League, we're still Mm going to watch the Premier League because it is the Premier League. Yeah. More players will come. And people said that the UFC is the product. The UFC can survive without John Jones. John Jones needs the UFC more than the UFC needs him. I do. I think they're right. I think that is unfortunately for John Jones. That is true. Because good fighters have gone to Bellator before, and we've not had the same interest as if they're fighting in the UFC, regardless of whether it's a good fight or not. Exactly. And and look, we've not long come off a spell where the biggest star in the sport, McGregor, was out, and it carried on. The show carried on in terms of you know you had. I don't know, the BMF bout, things like that. Things do fill the void. So that's probably the biggest criticism we can have of John Jones is that he should be McGregor levels. And you can maybe partly attribute that to the UFC, but you can also put that down to himself. You do have to sell yourself as well. 
you know, Jones came out and said the only reason he opened his mouth was because uh, he wasn't willing to have his name tarnished by Dana, even after everything he's already been through. And Dana said, I tarnished you. You've done a very good job of tarnishing yourself. <laughs> Classic Dana, he's, up, he's absolutely right, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's... And he said it was ridiculous that John Jones was asking for Deontay Wilder money. But this is where this is where I side with Jones. It's like, is it ridiculous? We're talking about the guy who a lot of people consider, if he's not the best ever, he's probably top three. I guess if McGregor's not making that Deontay Wilder money, then John Jones isn't going to be making it, let alone in the middle of a pandemic. It probably isn't the best time for you to be negotiated. It was definitely... Um... It was definitely stupid from Jones on, on two counts. On one, like you said, currently not a lot of money going around. Live gates obviously out the window, so that's a decent portion of your money down the drain. So to ask for more money now doesn't seem great. <laughs> Never easy with Dana anyway. But the second being as well, he has realised that he's got nowhere to go because he, now he's threatening, release me from the contract. I'm sure someone else will pick me up. So, well, where are you going to go? Like no so you're not gonna gonna go to... He's not going to release him either. <laughs> no. Keep him. And let him rot. Yeah. But even, even if he did, even if he called the boss, I'd go on then. What are you going to do? Like you said, you can't go to Bellator or one or whatever. It's not going to... You're going to be, I don't know, maybe 10% of the profile that you get with the UFC. So if you've got a problem with Dana, there's only tends to be one winner, unfortunately, for him. I disagree with his tweet as well, saying that he could make more in his first boxing match because... It's not interesting. Me seeing John Jones boxing interesting. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy Manoa came out and said, "Look, if John Jones uh, is looking for someone to box, then I'll happily do it." And it's like, in what way are you going to be paid more for two MMA fighters, where it wouldn't be a competitive MMA fight, to box each other in which neither have as their main skill set? Certainly I can't see that. No, and who who's that interested to see John Jones fight? What what way is he? So he's like, he'd have to give in a cruiser, wouldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> there's no so, other cruiser. <laughs> well, there's not even a money fight a cruiser as it is. Let alone he's not a money guy, is he? <laughs> yeah, unless he's gonna go in a heavyweight, which beg the question, why don't you do that in UFC? Yeah, and even then, you're not gonna get a money fight out of that. You would assume not. I don't know. This, I put it in our chat, didn't I? Who is actually calling for these sort of cross fights? Because no. I don't have any excitement about any of them, really. But I think it was Rory right there, didn't he? He said, like, look, there are enough people that do yeah. ask about it, like people in the office. And it is true. People people will ask about, sort of, I guess there's a freak show element to it, but people do seem genuinely convinced that I one or the other is going to go to the other sport and win. I think, I think Jones is partly right in that. He could get a boxing match where he'll make more money than he's ever made. But at the same time, that's not really what you want to see him do. And I don't think, yeah, it would be a one-time deal. And I don't think it would be as crazy as, say, obviously, McGregor also had the perfect dance partner in Floyd as well. But it wouldn't even be half the interest in that anyway, because he's, no. he's not the sort of style. He's not going to talk his way in like McGregor can do. But if he, if Jones, for whatever reason, tomorrow lined up a fight with Fury, Wilder, or AJ, you would get some crazy, crazy eyes on it. People yeah. would, people <laughs> would go all in on it. So as much as I'm inclined to agree with you, I don't have any interest in it. I do think there would be a market for it. Sadly enough, 
I saw comparisons being drawn to um, 2007 when Randy Couture, when he was begging for a super fight with Fedor, who was in a different promotion, mm. and uh, he walked away. Dana said, the UFC moves on regardless of who it is, and then waited for him, and he stuck it out until Randy Couture picked the phone back up <laughs> a year later, and they made a fight between him and Brock Lesnar. We so, know Dana will do it, don't we? We just... We've seen his track record. He is the guy who will sit there. So you see it when you see like the relationships on TV and that kind of thing, where he sat there staring at his phone, but he won't be the one to text first. <laughs> and he will sweat it out happily. Yeah, there's outside of McGregor, really, there's no one he'll bend to at all, is there? Well, there's even times where McGregor, you remember McGregor said, I'm not fighting on this event. If you don't, uh, if he doesn't have to do media, he was like, oh, "I'll only do the event if I don't have to do media." And he's like, "That's not how this game works." And yeah, was that UFC two hundred? Yeah, it was. Yeah, he just threw him off, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So everyone's got a line. Even the sort of the Golden Goose has got a line. But it's he's the only one who can even have a bit of leeway. I think. I think everyone else really is staying as well the highway. Yeah, he he knows. I think that you break for one person it's not just going to be for one person. And so he's prepared to deal with it in the short term. Yeah. The long term better. I mean, that's probably what it is. It's a dictatorship. Yeah. You it's saw what the UFC is. Where, like, right up his house when the fights came back. So, thank you, Dana, giving us a chance to be able to earn. Thank yeah. Thank you. This is such a blessing. And then, as I like them, but you've got Bisping and DC who are the perfect company guys. So Bisping put in his autobiography about Dana knew he was short on cash, so he just put some money in his account so he could get his kids some like Christmas presents. And DC just happened to just put an extra bonus into his account because he'd been through a big fight or whatever, and he was a champion and wanted to make sure he was treated right. <laughs> That's what happened to the guys who were making ten to show, ten to win. So, but no. all you need is a guy like Bispin or DC to say that, and it puts everything else on the back burner for another couple of months, and then you're good until so you have to do it again. Yeah, and there's plenty of horror stories within the US, isn't it, of people receiving absolute yes. peanuts. But uh, like you said, the, the noise from the bigger ones is a lot more definite. Yeah. I I think Jones will fight again in the UFC. I've got no doubt in my mind that he'll fight again in the UFC. Um, I think he's quite a proud person himself, regardless of what his actions show. Mm. So I think he'll sit out long enough to look like he can tell himself, I showed them. Yeah. And, and then he'll subliminally give it some mentions like, look, they came back, they knew the real man is, that kind of thing. And as, as long as he has a little bit, you can give him 10 grand extra and it'll be like, well, I've got the highest ever paid yeah. extra, I've got one of white out there and Dana can be like, well, I've, you didn't get anything out of me. And everybody can feel that they've won and, no one's had to put a dick on the table and be looking like it came up short. He definitely does deserve more cash for a super fight. That's Yeah, I don't think... And I'm a little bit surprised at how uninterested the UFC have been with him and Ngana. I always just assumed that Jones not being a heavyweight because he didn't want to. Because My thing is because I think he doesn't believe that Jones is serious. I think because... Me and Rory mentioned we found an article from 2012 and it was Jones saying uh, 
I'll be, I'll be heavyweight champion by the end of 2013. Uh, okay, yeah. So I'm going to say it has been mooted for a while. Yeah. And you could see why you wouldn't believe Jones. So I, I, and attach yourself to the scariest name in heavyweight division as well. In Garnet, it certainly works for you, doesn't it? You'd think if he was going to do it, it'd go straight for the belt. Because yeah. he probably could queue you up. But, um, you got to think yeah, that I'd... he's not only paying Jones more money as well, he's going to be paying Ngarni more money as well. But it is it, it is a mega fight, isn't it, compared to you know, Jones-Reyes rematch. Okay, that was decent because it was a good fight, but it's all Jones against Jan. Again, yeah. neither, they're both good fights, but not anything that we haven't seen prior, really. Whereas this is, you've got the best guy on your roster currently going in against the scariest monster we ever seen in there, so we are the story only a few months. Itself. Yeah, we are only a few months removed from Cowboy taking his standard contract to face McGregor. So yeah, I can't really blame the UFC for thinking that look, we can do this. Like I said, as long as there's no other destination they can go, the power is all with the UFC, isn't it? Yeah, that's the, the key difference between them boxing. Is that boxing? All right, I'll go out and someone else will pay me. But UFC, that's it. Yeah, if we move on to uh, NBA then. So we've still got nothing set in stone. We've had it confirmed that the NBA is definitely going to return. I think mm. they're aiming for the end of July, it seems. It's going to be in uh, the Disney complex. So that's an interesting storyline there. But <laughs> just in terms of how things are going at the moment, it looks like it's going to be very complicated to put a strategy together that everyone's happy with. Yeah, there's quite a lot of obviously debate surfacing around uh, how they're going to do it as well and what they should do, which seems an odd sort of timeline to be on. If you look at how things have gone with the Premier League, we kind of had all this and then we've come out with we're going to restart again on the 17th and go from there. The NBA seems to be we're going to restart and now we're going to debate it. Yeah, they've got a meeting this week. They said they're hoping to announce something by Wednesday, I believe, but. I'm, I'm not so sure because I think as soon as you get the people at the top who are happy, then there's going to be some people who at the bottom who aren't going to be happy. And then when you talk about with the receivings and stuff, there's going to be winners and losers, losers from that if they do end up going through with it. Um, yeah. They, and even they've obviously still got a small part of the regular season to finish in theory. Now, Obviously, I've heard some people saying there's no point in doing it because there's nothing left to play for. The 16 teams that are going to be in the playoffs are already in its set. So there's really no point. If we, if the Premier League had the league title sewn up, the these European places and relegation sorted, we wouldn't be coming back. We would just be no. writing it off. So in that regard, what are you going to do? Because if you're on about minimising the risk, then you don't need some of these extra teams to be back playing, do you? No, the last things I saw were they had a couple of issues. The first being that they didn't want to go straight into playoff games in case they got a load of injuries in the first round. The intensity was too much for them to go straight back into, and it was a terrible product. So they were worried about that. They are also worried, uh, mainly the owners, that if they don't meet their quota of 70 regular season games, then they're going to lose out on all their TV money. Uh, okay. And so that's a big worry for the owners, as you can imagine. <laughs> You've then got the debate between what format they go with. I know the NBA liked the idea of there being a group stage format, which it seems that over half the teams hated the idea of. So they want like an, 
an enlarged playoff format, but some games played to determine who's going to get there. It's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Like, I, I do think if you change it too much, you're you're at risk of unfairly disadvantaging some teams and others. Um, I do I do agree with them that they need some games prior to the playoffs to get physically used to it. Obviously, to get back up to speed as well. But for like I said, I don't like using the word the product, but it, the games would be probably poor to watch compared to the usual playoff. Intensity, and then obviously, if a big star does get injured, you are losing a lot of the appeal as well. So, I do think in an ideal world, they get the rest of the season game, games done, or at least some of them, as a sort of pre-season within a season, if you like. Well, part of what they're scared of is that they kind of want, once they've got everyone to this complex, to get straight into it and get started before someone inevitably catches something. Is yeah basically what we're taking so they're saying they kind of don't want it to be like a regular season game someone catches something and they go right well we better put this on the back burner then not carry on yeah yeah once it's started they can go full steam ahead but until then there's still every chance of them having to kind of go back to the drawing board for sure and then you've got the other thing that i've seen a lot of americans concerned about is um oh well the finals now they've got a as a TV product, they're going to have to compete with the NFL. And I'm thinking, well, hang on a minute. If you look at how the time one's going to overlap, you may eat into the NFL preseason. Well, who's yeah. going to be, that would have been watching the NBA finals are going to say, actually, you know what? I want to see this preseason NFL. It doesn't work, does it? I, I don't think they're going to have too much for a product, uh, too much for a problem selling their product compared to the start of the NFL season. If anything, the broadcasters and everyone involved is going to want the numbers themselves. So they'll find a way to work it out. I'm sure that's, that's like mutually beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. People have been so starved for sport anyway. They'll tune in whatever format they do end up settling for here. Well, the way things are gonna... now, you can easily have one on your laptop and have one on this TV. It's not that outrageous. It's not ideal, no. obviously, but it's, it's done. I call yeah. it that with it being behind closed doors it's not like where they say it being behind closed doors on a football field that you're going to hear everything but the cameras and that are so far away that you really don't get that much difference other than it being quieter with it being in essentially like a gym playing these games you are probably going to hear the athletes talking to each other let's see if we can get some mighty star trash talk going <laughs> I saw can't think who the player was. There was someone in the NFL that said, "Look, if it, any games are going to be played without uh, fans, mic up our helmets and let the fans see what really goes on inside the huddle." <laughs> I like Which it. I love the idea of, but I think you're going to have a lot of post-watershed games in that case. <laughs> so there we are. Um, and a look. Sorry. Sorry, and a little bit like with the reseeding of if they do end up reseeding with the NBA. Is, is this just a, a one-time fix in exceptional circumstances or is this something that they go end up implementing forever? For example, if they do scrap the East and West thing, yeah, I think potentially is what they've been looking for an excuse to use anyway. I actually love the idea of it being like that. I think it's much I, better. I think in general it makes more sense, doesn't it? If you have, well, say, Most like, of the time in recent years we've been looking forward to a conference finals rather than the finals. 
It's true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. If, if the two LA teams meet in the finals, say if they did it this year, then that, that would be pretty big, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. So huge. But even meeting the Bucks, for example, wouldn't be bad though. No, it doesn't have quite the same story of obviously with Kawhi. But well, they reckon that if there was a way that the Nets faced off with the Lakers, then Durant and KD will suddenly declare themselves fit. Imagine if Durant came back because if, if they did do the format, I think I'm right in saying they'd actually play each other first round. I think it's Lakers next first round, yeah, because there's some good brackets, and then you're left with one where you've got like um, I think you've got like the Grizzlies, the Nuggets, and the Pacers, and the Rockets, I think, all, all coming out. So, one of those four teams. It's coming out. You're like, you've got no interest in watching those games, but the rest, <laughs> but the rest of all actually nice matchups, like Boston against Philly and stuff like that. Yeah, but it'd be better if uh, it could start while we're all still working from home because that extra like hour or so in bed is a game changer. Yeah, you can you can cheat it a lot more. I mean, I probably still watch, but it just means I'll feel better in the morning. <laughs> feel less shite. Uh, the last thing to, before we uh, close out then, I don't know if you've seen the headlines uh, yesterday and today um, that League One and the Championship are going to be coming back. Yeah, I know the Championship's got a date set. Uh, three Charlton players have come out and said they're unwilling to take part in the games. Have you seen this have story? You... I read the story about Lyle Taylor. Yeah. That's bad, isn't it? I, uh, I messaged my mate as a Charlton fan about it and... Uh... And well, I'll tell you, did you hear his reasoning for it? Well, he doesn't want to get injured because he's got a, he's going to have a big move in the summer. He's out, he? he's out of contract. He's going to get a big. Oh, move. he's out of contract. Gee, he's out of contract. Out. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, well, I'm not, I'm not risking it. <laughs> yeah, Which really is bad. And I, he said, well, I, you know, I don't necessarily blame him. And I said, I, I wouldn't blame him. And I remembered when the whole uh, Brexit thing was going on, he was the one who did all those fucking Tory posts. Saying, what do I give a fuck about people who don't earn any money or something? I was like, oh, okay, you're an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> well, the thing is, if he's been getting paid over the whole um, uh, year to date, then obviously, then you you're obliged to play or pay back the money because Charlton, to even get in the position they are now, obviously they want a big end to uh, league. So you play in half a season does nothing for them because it's not changing the final outcome. So they should be saying to him, right, well, if that, it's going to affect how we go moving forward. So pay back what you've been paid for this year and then we'll see you on yeah. your way. Yeah, yeah. For every, for every bit that's been missed, you're going to have to pay back at the very least, I think. It's obviously done about the legality of that, but I, I, I do think players have got a point if they're worried about their own safety, but at the same time, it's very difficult to then be paid good money to not play. Well, blame it, blame it on the virus. Don't say you're worried about getting injured. It's quite. There's literally an excuse ready made it's for right you. Yeah, for you. And he's like, especially that's going to stop me getting my big move. Hang on a minute. I don't know. Do you see in League One as well? Tramir, if they do the points per game thing, Tramir get relegated with like point four of a point. <laughs> so they're oh, so they're oh. obviously appealing that like mad because of, yeah. Like, I hadn't realised, but apparently they're on a. Before this all went off, they were on a, a red on a streak of form. So saying, "Well, look, we were probably very close to getting out of this, and close to being out of it on points per game, if if you will as well." So, 
I think um, every like mad idea they've had that they've thought about implementing, they should try this season. We we said on here before, relegation playoffs would be unreal. That would be better than a cup final. Oh yeah, exactly. There's so much riding on it, isn't there? Um, so do something like that. I mean, even if it's just for like say in the championship, the bottom two go down, and then between twenty first and twenty second as to who's going to join them. That'd be class. Yeah, and that way you're you're playing for your place, aren't you? So as yeah. much as you can say you feel hard done by it, you did have the chance to play your way out of this situation rather than Lovely. being told. And a little bit like Trump made the point, in League 2, it looks like they're going to be having a situation where the playoff teams are playing to see who goes up. So they probably yeah. deserve something to see who's not going to go down. Yeah, absolutely. So it is, it is mad. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, shenanigans before all these sports resume, which... Even when they do resume, you feel like there's going to be a lots of sort of legal issues that people are going to be exploring. Yeah, that's probably the latest one with the Prem as well. The, the latest one is that Premier League clubs, I think, are going to refuse to pay back Sky hundreds of millions yeah. of pounds they're expecting to, despite the fact that I think the Prem advised the clubs they should probably do it. So you've got a battle there. No one who's in charge of Sky, you can't feel too too bad for them. True, but then you're biting the hand that feeds. Yeah, and yeah, the, nobody's in charge of some of these Premier League clubs. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of shader, isn't it? But Did you see the, John Jones was that? Sorry. I was about to say, you, the, the Premier League clubs are where they are wealth-wise because of Sky Life. Yeah. So you are kind of at their mercy. Did you see John Jones was out on the streets in Albuquerque yesterday? <laughs> Him going up to that kid saying, what are you doing? You're not doing it for this, are you? What, why are you giving a spray can? Yeah, he's going on taking spray guns with people like that. Uh, taking he put up a fight and then he was like, kind of come on, pulled a face like, oh whatever, I don't really want this anymore. <laughs> Handing it over, confiscating his uh, his stuff. it was uh, it was an interesting thing, was it? Because I saw him, I initially saw his post about seeing a video, and I thought, oh, you're going to get yourself in trouble here with the sort of with the community, if you will, because yeah, there's a lot obviously with us or against us is the as mentality. And I thought he was, despite his other previous ills, I did think he was pretty well on the money where he said there's people jumping on this that aren't doing it for the right reasons and aren't showing themselves for the right reasons either. But I think he was right to point out. But fair play to him for going out and braving it, if you will. He could have just hid, couldn't he? Did you see the J.R. Smith video last night as well? Yeah, yeah. Unreal. Uh, Absolutely. Again, spawn as well. I he like was right to do it to get ahead. Of... Sorry. Yeah, like we were both saying the same thing at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Ahead like, of it, preempted it because he knew it was going to come out. But also that he knew he was going to get criticism for news. But let someone smashed up his car or whatever. Yeah. Even with his rights to do what he wants, I don't. I don't think anyone's got a problem with that. <laughs> Someone's uh, saw some memes of like uh, saying like JL Smith watching back his fight footage, and it was just someone like nodding to themselves like. Mm. strangely I found myself down a rabbit hole the other day of watching the game one Cavs Warriors where he obviously runs it out it's the anniversary of it yesterday and um, I forgot that they overturn a horrendous call given an offensive foul on LeBron just before that that. (laughs) I was genuinely like boiling (laughs) rage how have they done this and obviously took 
two points off from there, and then he goes and does that as well. And I, was, I remember yeah, feeling I remember like genuinely heartbroken for him. Waking up for work after about less than an hour's sleep for the next day was, I remember sitting there at lunch just few. <laughs> Almost wanted to cry for LeBron. He's just yeah. done 50 points and got nothing to show for it. Exactly. So, But I think that just about does us for today. So uh, thanks again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. I would say uh, rest in peace, George Floyd, on behalf of all of us here. Hopefully everyone uh, stays safe. It looks like it's uh, mad in America just from the footage we're seeing over here. So mm. stay safe. Thanks again. We'll be back this Wednesday, Protect Your Neck, Episode 2. And Movie Madness episode five is coming on Friday. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back. Adios. Good night.